Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Green Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Right now, Scott Jagow, a little nervous as he leaves the studio following that newscast. He's going to go keep an eye on his Buffalo Bills, who are down at the half to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 11-7 in London. The Bills had no points on their first four drives of this game. And then they went on an 11-play, 86-yard drive to end the half to get some points. They were going to get shut out. On the road, actually, it's technically a home game for them, I do believe, uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. Buffalo came in a five-point favorite against the Jaguars, who kind of own London at this point. Uh, The Jaguars are up 11-7 at the half, and Trevor Lawrence is 16 of 23 for 192 and a touchdown. So it's uh, off and running. The NFL Week 5 is upon us, and we will have our picks in just over an hour. Didn't do as well this time. Did great last week against the spread. I was 10-5. This week, I'll have to look at it again. I think I was 4-6-2. Does that sound right? 5-6-2, something like that. A little under 500, I think, Drew. Uh, maybe close to 500. I have to look at it again. I was okay. Just not, that's not a winning formula. You don't want that. You, you, you got to come back strong. So we'll pick against the spread at 11.05. And soccer fans are going to get their fill, no doubt. Uh, Lutz Fan and Steel just heard he is flying uh, at the moment, so he won't be able to join us live. But the good news is Jen Cease already taped an interview with him. Our own Jen Cease has an interview set with Lutz Fan and Steel, the sporting director of City. And we're going to hear from Klaus who she talked to as well. So that'll be following our picks in the 11 o'clock hour. John Moselock is busy this weekend. He is traveling as well. So we will not be able to talk to him. I did talk to him yesterday, and he tells us he thinks he'll be able to do next week, which is nice because the Cardinals are kind of down right now. They can't really do anything. They can't sign anybody. They can't trade anybody until this season is over, and it's not going to be over for another month. But there is some... You know, plenty of speculation and potentially some additions to the coaching staff and things like that that could be coming out between now and then. I, my guess is things are going to lay low uh, at Bush Stadium for a little while. Uh, we have at 11.45, Ozzie Smith will give his thoughts on the Cardinals situation. That'll be fun. 
2023 Cardinals were not fun, but it is nice to hear what Ozzie thinks about 2024 upcoming. Cardinals have some work to do. I mean, you look around baseball right now, these teams are good, they're loaded, and the teams that missed out, the Padres, the Mets, the Yankees, the Red Sox, they like to spend, they like to perform with swagger, and they were disappointed and embarrassed this year. So the Cardinals are in that group, and if they want to be one of those teams that plays with swagger, with a lot of talent, to compete with these teams that we're seeing, you better get on it this year. The Cardinals are going to have to break away from a bit of their philosophy and spend some money. And that not that they don't spend money, you know what I'm saying? They just need to be aggressive and need to shore up this staff without trying to gamble on internal options. I think those days are over. I, at least I hope so. I think the Cardinals are going to get aggressive. Love to see him get a number one and a number two to go with Michaelis and Mats, and then another three, four, five type like Michaelis and Mats who can eat some innings. Now you have yourself a rotation with some backups in the minors and maybe, hey, bring in another arm. Why not? Bring in somebody else and and get as many as you can within reason. But it's going to cost money and it's going to make an uncomfortable trade or two happen to, to get that great talent. But I would hope that they are up for the task because one thing that the Cardinals don't do is take their fan base for granted. I know that it sometimes doesn't feel like that. You know, you think, man, you know, they pull in three plus million and, and I'm spending my money to go to games, and this team is 20 games under 500. But I'm telling you that the Cardinals did not – that did not sit well with anybody, especially inside that ballpark. And that was an embarrassing 2023. Disappointing, embarrassing, there's no other way around it. So now you have to get better. You cannot repeat that again. You can't have back-to-back years like that if you're the Cardinals. But we'll get into all that between 1130 and 1145. We'll talk a little more baseball and wrap up the show in that fashion. We'll start the show with Chris May here at 1030 to discuss college sports, especially at St. Louis University where the O'Loughlin Family Champion Center is coming. And then at 1045, Doug Armstrong, the Blues general manager, will be with us as their season is about to begin on Thursday. And I'm looking forward to catching up with Army as well. All right. So that lays out the show, which brings us to what Mizzou football and college football in general and what Mizzou looked like yesterday. They started out great threw the ball. Well, ran the ball with authority really like Cody Schrader. They're running back runs the ball hard. Uh, he, he has some anger in his running. And I love that. Uh, Luther burden, NFL wide receiver makes people miss Brady cook, accurate throws, good stuff. It was a good look in the even the defense was hitting hard and playing aggressive. It's times too aggressive, but you loved the fire. And then everything just turned. And this is the problem with Missouri football is that they don't know how to finish games. And that's everybody, but it ultimately falls on the coaching staff because these are players that are 19, 20, 21 years old, 18 in some cases. And they're learning the game. They have accountability too, but this staff has been unable to get this team to finish games. They did finish K state. Thank goodness to, for Harrison Mevis who kicked a 61 yarder, even in that game, if you recall, uh, they couldn't, uh, they had a five yard penalty before the kick. So the, it's it, this Missouri team made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I know they had some calls go against them. They should have called a face mask when Brady cook had his head turned. 
but they also scored a touchdown after a false start, a clear false start that the officials missed, and LSU's defensive line stood up and pointed, and then Missouri was able to push the ball in. That shouldn't have happened either. So you can't blame the officiating necessarily, even though it wasn't great. And you can't blame, you know, the fact that Missouri couldn't catch a break or two. I mean, they just flat couldn't get Jaden Daniels, and they couldn't get LSU's offense after that first half looked better. They looked like they couldn't make a play. They played undisciplined. They had a player thrown out of the game. They had uh, mistakes on offense. They had mistakes on special teams. And they, quite honestly, had a a performance on offense that also went in the tank. I mean, I know we're going to sit here and rail on the defense, which wasn't good, giving up all those yards. But what happened on the other side? LSU's defense was supposed to be this porous defense and this shootout. Well, Missouri struggled in the second half to do what it did in the first half, which was move the ball and score. And LSU was able to hold them, get those shorter fields, and then they put the ball in the hands of Jaden Daniels. And this is after he got popped, and he got popped pretty good, in the end zone on a touchdown, got hit hard, hurt his ribs, went into the medical tent, missed an entire series, came back, and on sore ribs, he's throwing passes, he's running fearlessly. He is one of the best players in college football. I remember sitting here with you, Drew, at the start of the year, and I was wrong on the pick. And I said, LSU will beat Florida State because Jaden Daniels, if he's not the best player in the country, he's one of them. I was wrong about that, but I was right about Daniels. Daniels is special. And it's not just his speed and his ability to accelerate and his arm, but he has the heart of a champion. And I love the way that he plays. I'm curious to see where he goes in his career. But what he did yesterday was put on an absolute clinic. I mean, he made people miss. He blew by people. He threw past people. He was fantastic, and Missouri was not. Missouri is not ready for that type of game to win just yet, and that is a game they had to win. And they were 5-0. and You want to really get the naysayers off your back. You win that game at home with all those celebs in the house, and it's an SEC game, and the SEC is for the taking right now, unless your name is Georgia, the SEC, and Alabama. But the SEC has some holes in it, and there is some movement right now, and Missouri had a chance to capitalize on that yesterday, and they failed to do it. They lost it 49-39. I like this Missouri team. I like Eli Drinkwitz. I think they're taking the right steps. They're not there yet. And at some point, uh, they've got to take that extra step of executing when it's on the line. You can't just play two quarters, two and a half quarters. This game is won in the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter yesterday, Missouri got outscored. And they got outscored in a big way, too. And LSU did. Brian Kelly outcoached Eli Drinkwitz. LSU's Jaden Daniels outplayed Brady Cook. LSU's defense outplayed Missouri's defense. Missouri got beat yesterday. There is no fluke. That was a a loss. 22-7, to they got outscored in the fourth quarter. That's an L. And LSU gets the job done. Now, elsewhere in college football... We had number one Georgia. I just mentioned them. They looked amazing, absolutely amazing. They beat Kentucky 51-13, beat them up and down the field, took control of the game right away. And if Jaden Daniels is not the best player in the country, Brock Bowers is on that list. Seven catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown for the Georgia tight end. 
They established themselves. I know they're playing at home, but that was a very, very solid win over 20th ranked Kentucky, 51-13. Number two team in the country is Michigan. Now, Michigan hasn't really played anyone yet, to be quite honest with you. They've beaten East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, and now Minnesota, with all respect to our friend Barry Odom, the coach at UNLV. They've won six games. They haven't played anybody yet. Now, at Minnesota, they blast them 52-10. to 10. This Michigan team, once it gets rolling, they are scary. They're not going to play anyone next week either. They're playing my alma mater, Indiana. I'll be the first one to tell you, just don't get hurt if you're IU. I, you know, just, they are going to get steamrolled next week by Michigan. Then they go to Michigan State, which is always interesting and a challenge. They've got Purdue at Penn State, at Maryland, and Ohio State to wrap up their schedule after the bye. So things are going to get a little tougher for Michigan after next week against Indiana. But they look good. They look like a top-five team for sure. Third-ranked team in the country is Texas, and they just got beat by Oklahoma, a team that made the big plays when they had to, 34-30. The Sooners are way underrated at 12. I felt this way coming into the game. They are still unbeaten, and they beat Texas in the Red River rivalry. That is not an upset in my mind. That is an anything-goes type game, and anything went in that game. That was a fun game, lots of up and down. Texas could very well have won the game, but Oklahoma won it on a last-second touchdown. Dylan Gabriel, 23 of 38 for 285 and a touchdown. The quarterback also ran 14 times for 113 and a touchdown. Love these dual-threat quarterbacks. Oklahoma's got a good one there in Gabriel. 34-30 over third-ranked Texas. So Texas is going to fall, and they're going to fall hard. And then you're going to find, not too far, but they're going to fall. Fourth-ranked Ohio State would have fallen hard. They came out, looked awful against Maryland, and then they started to roll back into it. They took the lead finally in the third quarter, and they eventually won this game by 20, 37-17. After being down and tying the game, it was 10-10 at the half and they end up winning this ball game and actually covering the spread of 17, which is amazing. Buckeyes win at 37-17 over Maryland. Fifth-ranked team of the country is the aforementioned Florida State Seminoles. Look great. Beat Virginia Tech 39-17. And it's interesting kind of poking around the rest of the country. I think that USC's good. There's no doubt. I mean, they got off to a slow start late last night. It was this game ended at 1.30, 1.45 in the morning, Drew. I got an early rise this morning, so I didn't stay up for it. But I watched the highlights this morning. Three overtime win for Caleb Williams in Arizona. When Arizona was doing what it wanted, USC was able to survive the game, and they should get credit for that. But their defense has major holes. Their defense gave up 42 points to Colorado last week, and they have a problem uh, in USC The Trojans are good, but they are not playing top 10 football in my mind. They are undefeated, though, so you got to hand it to them. They're a ninth-ranked team in the country. I think the team, what I'm getting to is the team that is going to be tough to stop, I believe, is Alabama. I'm very impressed with Alabama. Alabama lost at home to Texas, and Nick Saban decided, you know what, we're going to abandon this whole firing the ball around the field. We're going to get back to what we do. We're going to play tough, strong, physical run game and hit you in the mouth on defense. And they've done that. They beat South Florida 17 to three, survived that game. And they beat Ole Miss 24 to 10, same Ole Miss team that scored 55 points on LSU. They beat Mississippi state 40 to 17, just bullied them down there. And yesterday against Texas A&M, A&M's ready for that run game. So they stack the box. They're playing up front. They're challenging 
Alabama's receivers one-on-one. What does Saban and this coaching staff do? They start to throw the ball. And Jalen Milrow threw for a career-high 321 yards and three touchdowns in Bama, who made all kinds of mistakes. 14 penalties for 99 yards. Win the game over Texas A&M 26-20 anyway. Uh, that, that, to me, as bad as they executed and still gutted one out at a tough road environment in A&M tells me a lot about Saban and this staff. Look out. Alabama is starting to put it together. He will hate it because of all the mistakes they've made, but he'll love the win. He'll you never, ever uh, discount a win at Texas A&M, and that's a really good win for 11th-ranked Alabama. They will move up. Oklahoma, I think, absolutely should move up. And then the other game, actually two of them. One is the d- just mind-bogglingly, ridiculously dumb decision by the Miami Hurricanes, Mario Cristobal, to not kneel on it. It's just, you know, something they just let slip. I mean, you the ga- clock is running out. You just take a knee and end the game. And what happened to Miami was they ran a play. They ran the ball after doing what they wanted against Georgia Tech for a good portion of the game. I mean, they outgained them by 200 yards yesterday. They try to run the ball. They get greedy, try to get a first down. Guy fumbles the ball. Georgia Tech recovers it, and boom, boom, they score a touchdown in the final seconds. Georgia Tech upends Miami excruciatingly. So for Hurricanes fans, 23-20. And then Louisville. How about that? Jeff Brom goes to Louisville from Purdue, and he has built that program back into the point that they just beat Notre Dame 33-20 yesterday on their home field. And that's a tough loss for Notre Dame with some college football playoff aspirations after the dramatic win over Duke. They can't do it against Louisville. So 10th-ranked Irish fall to the number 25 Louisville Cardinals. Nice win there for Brom. We will take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll catch up with... A couple of other things in relation to college football. And then at 1030, we will be talking to Chris May at St. Louis University. Doug Armstrong at 1045. Lutz Van and Steel and Klaus at 1115. We'll talk some baseball at 1130. We'll have some NFL picks before that. Ozzie Smith at 1145. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Welcome. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. Just a quick look at baseball for just a moment. Gabriel Marino's three-run homer highlighted a six-run first inning for Arizona. The Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers 11-2. Man, what a gut punch for the Dodgers, who started out uh, really average this year and then took over the NL West. The Diamondbacks were leading that division for a while, and then the Dodgers just ran away with it. They are the power still in the National League West. The Diamondbacks, to their credit, stuck it out. They have good young players. Love that Corbin Carroll. He hit a home run yesterday, and the Diamondbacks beat Kershaw and the Dodgers. They score six runs in the first and win it 11-2. Our old friend Tommy Pham hit a home run. Merrill Kelly, the pitcher for the Diamondbacks, beat the Dodgers, but beat them for the first time. He allowed three hits and six and a third. At one stretch, he retired 11 in a row. This was the worst start and the shortest start of Kershaw's career in 16 years. He's never had anything like that. Six runs allowed and recording just one out. And the Dodgers say they're going to start him again. All right, he might not get a chance. Diamondbacks team's good. They could win this division series easily. Uh, Zach Gallen is the starter for the Diamondbacks tomorrow in game two, the former Cardinal minor leaguer. Bryce Harper hit a home run. Here go the Phillies again. They went to Atlanta and beat them three to nothing, just like last year. The Braves won 104 games this year. Best team in baseball. I had them going to the World Series, taking on the Rangers. They've got work to do now. Bryson Stott, who hit a grand slam in the wild card series, Broke a scoreless tie with a run-scoring single in the fourth, and Harper with a home run over the right field wall in the sixth off Spencer Strider. And here go the Phillies again. They have a 3-0 win and a 1-0 lead in the best-of-five series with Game 2 tomorrow night. In the American League, Justin Verlander, he just keeps doing it. He pitched six shutout innings. Jordan Alvarez homered twice. In fact, Jose Altuve led off the game with a home run. First pitch he saw. And the Astros held off the Twins. Final was 6-4. to four. That Twins team is good. But the Astros jumped them early, and then they were able to get Verlander settling in. He had a bit of a shaky start, but the Astros built a 5 nothing lead through six innings. Big swings, big moments. That's a big-time team down there. The Astros are the defending world champions for a reason. They went at 6-4 over the Twins. The Texas Rangers they held on, some anxious moments for them, but they hold on. They beat the Orioles on the road 3-2, to two, and they are 3-0 and in the playoffs, all of the games on the road. Their next one will be on the road as well as they play Baltimore one more time. That'll be today. And then they'll get a trip down to Globe Life down in Arlington and play there in their ballpark. Max Scherzer, uh, 
you know, he's been throwing some bullpen sessions. I wonder what they're going to do there. Uh, they've only allowed three runs in three games against the Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays. And the bullpen, considered a bit of a weak link by a lot of people, has been able to hold on through these moments. I don't know how long they can do it, but they I have them going to the World Series, and I'm going to stay with it. The Texas Rangers beat Orioles 3-2. to two. That was impressive. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back with Chris May, the athletic director at St. Louis University, next. Come back to the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. Good to be along with our friend, our partner, our athletic director at St. Louis University, Chris May, is with us on KMOX. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Let's go. College basketball season is here. No question, Tom. It's great to be with you. And, uh, a lot going on in college sports right now, so it's an exciting time at St. Louis University. We've got a lot happening, but it's uh, it's great to be with you this morning. It is great to be with you as well. We also have ourselves a little game today as St. Louis University's women's soccer team hosts Richmond at 1 o'clock. Beautiful day for some soccer at Herman Stadium. What's going on over there? You're drawing all these fans. you got the places packed. I'm hearing about all the high attendance and everybody. That That is the place to be right now. Well, we're having a great year. Last night, the men's soccer team had a, had a great late win. Uh, they beat uh, LaSalle. They're leading the A-10. Kevin Kalish and his team have really they, – they've gone uh, unbeaten the last seven games, so they, they're kind of on a roll. They play again Tuesday night. But today we, we honor an unbelievable group of senior women soccer players who um, – it's their senior day. Uh, the four of them have never lost an A-10 championship. So Emily Grork, Anna Lawler, Abby Miller, and Jess Pricer, they have never not won the A-10 championship and gone to the NCAA tournament. They're all local preps. They're all Americans. They're all A-10 players. These women, uh, they have absolutely smoked it here at SLU. So they, uh, they play in their senior day today against Richmond. And then Thursday night, I invite everybody to come out. It'll be the number one versus the number two women's soccer teams in the A-10 as, as we host uh, UMass Thursday night. First, we play Richmond today. It'll be a great day for soccer. But Thursday night's the really, really big one with uh, number one against number two. It'll be exciting. That is absolutely exciting. And between now and then, you have a big grand opening tomorrow. The O'Loughlin Family Champion Center is going to be open to the public for the first time. It starts at 4 o'clock. I actually have not been in there yet. Now, I've heard from a few people, some of your supporters and sponsors who have been able to take a tour of it, and they tell me I'm going to be blown away. I've purposely, I I didn't want to push too hard to try to get in there. I I think I want to just take it in with everybody tomorrow and be part of this. So I'm really looking forward to this tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Tom, we are thrilled. Uh, I'm glad you're coming. We we are so proud to be opening the O'Loughlin Family Champion Center tomorrow. This has been a nine to ten year journey to build what we believe is the very best facility in a basketball centric program in the country. And uh, it it started a long time ago when we were we were looking and what what would it take to to take the next step across the board for all student athletes, and then. Uh, had a conversation coming back from the final four with Bob O'Loughlin and Bob looked me, looked me right in the eye and said, okay, Chris, what's it really going to take for us to compete at the highest level with everybody? 
And uh, that's when we really started uh, putting the pieces to it. And so tomorrow, we are all unbelievably proud to op- welcome the, the whole community in to see what the community's really built. And the community made this happen, from Bob and his family to, you know, I'm just going to read off a couple local leaders here, from Mark and Joyce Goggins, Mark's an attorney on, over in Waterloo, Keith Phoenix, the late Michael Nydorf and his family and Centene, Jim Cavanaugh, you know, Alan and Linda Boat, Jim Coleman, you go on down the line, Donna Nancy Ross, this whole community rallied around the vision to deliver a best-in-class facility and services for Billiken student-athletes. And so when you walk in tomorrow, you're going to see a place that is total centered on the student-athlete experience. So you'll walk in, you'll see the student success area, which has academics, career, student development, spiritual development. You'll see a wellness center that has sports psychology, dietetics, counseling. You'll see a fueling station I took my, I was blessed to get to take my youngest daughter in uh, Sophia yesterday because she's here for fall break. She walked through and said, oh my gosh, the fueling station's unbelievable (laughs) where our student athletes will pick up healthy food from six in the morning till 11 in the morning every morning because oftentimes they're on the run during the day to get them healthy food. You'll see a a large nutrition center that was made possible by an anonymous gift, a person that's not interested in, in their name, but really felt nutrition is super important. Um, you'll see basketball operations center. You'll see a victory room. The Billiken victory room is a place where we'll take recruits. We'll take donors. We'll take alums. Anybody who's ever worn the Jersey of a Billiken, you'll, you'll hit a QR code, hit their sport and you'll have their, you'll have them represented. So it's, it, uh, it is a really great moment for Billiken Athletics tomorrow, and we welcome everybody to come come join us. The, the event will start at 4 o'clock right there at the Champion Center, which is connected to um, Chaffetz Arena, but it is going to be a fantastic day. All of our student-athletes and coaches will be there um, as we celebrate and open it up. There's many of the student-athletes who have not been in it. Uh, we've, taken, we've taken a few recruits in. Um, some of the student athletes were part of a donor event a week ago, but this is the first time as a group we come together and really celebrate. And uh, and then come uh, Tuesday, we start moving in. Wow. So you'll have some activity for sure. This week's going to be very, very busy. Chris Mays, the athletic director at St. Louis University. I can't wait to see it, and I'll have all kinds of questions for you tomorrow after I make a, l- a little trip around there and take a look at everything. And I know that this is for everybody, uh, but it is a basketball-centric university, as you mentioned, and I'm going to finish our talk with your two basketball programs. Starting on the women's side, Rebecca Tillett starts out, this is a program that we knew had to be rebuilt and revamped, and she starts out with some wins here and there and then picks up steam and wins the A-10 tournament, uh, goes to the NCAA tournament, what kind of a program can we expect out of the Billikens this year? Well, I am fired up about both basketball teams, and, and I was remiss. Uh, in, the cha- in the Champion Center, you'll see the Dr. Schaefitz Basketball Operations Center, which is operation centers for both men's and women's basketball, and there, there aren't better. There's not a better one in the country. But with Rebecca's team, and again, you and I have talked, I am so fired up. I believe our women's basketball team is significantly better than they were a year ago. And uh, they played, obviously, very, very well down the stretch, won the tournament and really playing good basketball. But you're going to see an even more competitive team 
that just gets after it. I welcome anybody come to practice. We'll have some open practices in the next few weeks with them. We'll have one for the men also. But that women's team, you know, Kyla McMakin was in uh, was on ESPN.com this past week as potentially one of the player of the year in the Atlantic 10. Julie Martinez, who was the player of the year in the tournament last year, they have all just elevated their game. They've gotten a little taste of success. And holy smokes, Rebecca and her staff have done a great job of really getting them ready to go. So I am fired up. They've got a great schedule. They've got a lot of big home games that we're going to have huge crowds at. Um, but So we are really fired up about uh, Rebecca and her team. And then Travis Ford, his team, uh, which is uh, international. They come from everywhere. But what I'm really fired up about is give the guys who have been here. Gibson Jimerson is playing off the charts. Larry Hughes, Jr., has elevated his game. Kellen Thames is somebody that people didn't get to see last year. Holy smokes, can he defend? Sincere Parker is uh, can fly, he's put on some strength. He's stronger. He's bigger. Uh, and T.J. Hargrove um, has a bounce in his step that we haven't seen for a long time. And so those guys are really doing a great job of leading all the newcomers here. That again come from anywhere from. China to LA to Miami um, to Paris, France, but they are going to be one exciting team to see. And uh, I'm really fired up about basketball season that's just around the corner. Well, you got some shooters there. I mean, uh, Parker and, and Hughes and Jimerson and, and guys to distribute in the ball. And you mentioned the up and coming international influence in the big men. Let me ask you about the staff. How is Travis doing? We're going to start having him on the show here in these 1030 slots, but how is Travis Ford, your belief in him and his staff? What do they look like? Well, they've, you know, obviously Corey Tate's long, long time uh, known quantity. And anybody, uh, you won't find a person to not be a big Corey Tate fan as I am locally. Then Chris Harriman came back. You know, Chris was on Rick's staff back in the day. Chris has brought uh, a different flair to our staff. And Charles Green uh, is here. Um, who's an unbelievable recruiter. He has a high, high, high level uh, recruit in this weekend that we're excited about. Hmm. Got another one coming next week. So it's a group that's working unbelievably hard to uh, put these kids in position. They're doing it a little different way, as Travis will share with you, uh, because uh, of the international flair. You've got uh, you communicate a little different. You help guys a little different. But then you've got you know you've got big Tim came from Tulsa you got Mike Meadows here you've got some you've got some uh, U.S. guys that have transferred in here that can flat out play and so it's a it's an exciting group to watch uh, I, I think there'll be a work in progress early as uh, you know you had a lot of different pieces but the the core of the guys who have played here and Ben Billikens for a long time are going to lead and Gibson Jimerson is leading vocally and shooting the ball sincere Parker Doggone, can he score? He can just flat out score it. And, you know, TJ, TJ, people, uh, I think people forget TJ Hargrove took his team, his high school team, to a state championship, and he's starting to play like that on, on this level now. I think people are going to be really impressed on how TJ Hargrove's playing right now. It is something to be seen. And, and then again, uh, Larry Jr., who was defending as well as anybody in the A 10 at the end of the season last year. He has taken his game to a whole new level, and Kellen Thames is kind of the the secret uh, the secret that nobody knows about. But they'll know about him real quick when they see how, how the way he defends he defends. So yeah. there's a lot of excitement uh, coming 
And we couldn't be more proud to be on KMOX and partnering with you, Tom. You guys have been great. You've helped us build the women's program. The women are going to have some huge games as well as the men. So it's there's a lot of excitement to getting built up going into this basketball season. Good to hear. We'll have a good time with it for sure, and we'll see you over there tomorrow, 4 o'clock, the O'Loughlin Family Champions Center. The public is invited to the grand opening again, 4 o'clock on campus, the O'Loughlin Family Champions Center at St. Louis University, 25,000-square-foot center. Construction began in May of 22, and it is ready for you tomorrow. Chris May, Athletics Director, thanks so much for this. I appreciate it, Tom. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Bills. Thank you. Here's the general manager of the Blues, Doug Armstrong. He joins us next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. We are back. Sports on a Sunday morning, sponsored by Graybar Indeed. And we are joined by Doug Armstrong, the general manager of the St. Louis Blues. It is great to have him back on the show. When we hear his voice, it means hockey is here. How are you, Army? I'm very good, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you, and I'm looking forward to the season. It starts on Thursday in Dallas. I want to start with the most recent things that happened. Last night, the Blues beat the Blackhawks 5-3. to Robert Thomas finishes the preseason tied for the NHL lead with five goals. He had two last night. I know it's the preseason, but that's a very nice start for your talented forward. Yeah, it certainly is. You want guys to feel good about their game heading into the regular season, and uh, I think Robert... Uh, should feel good about it. We're we're uh, happy and proud of what he's accomplished so far. And as you said, it is only preseason, but you, you play the games for a reason. And uh, he's he's in a, he's in fine form right now. He's going to wear the A as one of your alternate captains, and along with Jordan Cairo, what are your expectations for that big duo that is under contract for the foreseeable future and certainly uh, expected to do well? Yeah, obviously we made a commitment to those two players uh, last year that. Uh, starts an eight-year contract this year and uh, they're going to be the focal point of our offensive attack moving forward and they are as of now and uh, we have Buchnevich you know we're going to need to score by committee but you sort of put your stake in the ground with certain players and we've done that with those two guys up front and uh, uh, we were excited to see them uh, grab a a larger and larger and a bigger piece of the pie for our organization. When we talk about them being better two-way players and in particular I seem to focus more on Cairo, but Thomas should be included in that. What does it take and what have you seen from Cairo in particular in improving that part of his game? 
Yeah, last night I uh, was sitting watching the game with Al McGinnis, and he had a back check in the, in the third period that was was you know very very determined. And those are the, the, the details that if we see it, his teammates see it, and uh, it's just understanding that that to, to be a, a dominant player, to be a player that that uh, wants to be seen as a, a top player in the game, it's a 200 foot game. Uh, sometimes you you know I think younger players have the tendency to cheat for offense, thinking that's where they're going to get it, but. Uh, offense usually comes from good defense and uh, uh, those players are, are, are maturing and growing and uh, they're both you know for us to be a good team they have to be 200 foot players uh, not just scoring players uh, and, and we know they can do that. I'm going to touch on some of your other forwards here in just a minute but I did also note that this morning you assigned four players to your AHL affiliate Springfield including Zach Bolduc who you know if you watch video on this kid he can play uh, what is your feeling on Bolduc making it that far? Yeah, well, when Craig and I decided uh, uh, how we wanted to spend this last week, we had uh, six lines and, and five pair of D, and we wanted to uh, reward the younger players uh, like Bull Duke, Dean, and uh, Lafayette uh, to uh, to keep them here, uh, knowing that they, they weren't really pushing for a spot on the team. But we wanted to see what the pros do as, as training camp winds down as they start preparing uh, physically and mentally for the next challenge. And I thought they had a very good week. Uh, they they all got to play a couple of games with with Kessel also, uh, so they I think they understand the, that it, as camp goes on, the veteran players uh, get more dialed in, and uh, we're excited for them. They're only 20. Uh, I look at a player like Kairou spent a couple of years in the American Hockey League, and so what what you do is you can't rush rush young players. You have to let them mature and grow at the proper time and. Uh, but we're, we're excited of what they've done in junior. We're excited how they had their first camp. And now we told them to go down there, get settled in the American League, uh, be, you know, build your foundation uh, to become a pro. And then when you get here, you'll be ready to go. You have players like Verona who can score. You mentioned uh, some of your scorers who can get a gun here at this level. Um, in particular, the one of note that I, I continue to say, I love this acquisition of Kevin Hayes. I mean, it's a change of scenery for him. Uh, it's up to him now to make something of it and of the Blues to, to make the most of, of his presence. What does he bring to the table for the Blues? I think the one thing that uh, I've, I've learned to appreciate very quickly is his patience with the puck. He has the ability to hold on to the puck, to go east-west, to buy himself that extra split second to allow his uh, his scoring teammates to get it open. I'm hoping that Verona can capitalize on that. Uh, I do, I, you know, it's just something where he, he has the ability to slow the game down uh, with the puck to allow things to, to transpire. And then the other thing that I really noticed that has uh, impressed me is his willingness to, to live to fight another day. And that's something that I hopefully our younger players can, um, are, are, are learning that, you know, if there's a play's not there, the play's not there. You don't have to always try and force an offensive play. You know, and so he'll, if he doesn't have a play, he'll put it in a good area and we'll go back to work instead of trying to force a puck into the middle or, or force the pass and then create a turnover. So just his maturity in his game and his patience uh, have, have impressed me very much so far. That's a really nice uh, description. I appreciate that. And you have these familiar names coming back like Sunquist and Blay to mix in there. Was there an intent to get back to the identity that you remember or what the winning formula was be physical, but also have some size and try to move some people around and get back to blues hockey. Was the, was the intent there? Yeah, I think blues hockey as and hockey in general has to, has to evolve. Uh, but these aren't, these aren't older players. It's not like we're, we're going, uh, 
and trying to to live in yesteryear. These you know these guys are still in their twenties and have a lot of career left ahead of them, but they are bigger bodies. They do play a certain style, and I think that um, you know we we've we've you know bringing Torpachenko and neighbors in there. It's not like uh, we we've, we've abandoned that uh, in drafting, uh, but bringing these guys back allows us to have a. Uh, a really good, uh, you know, bottom six grouping. Certainly, if you have Sunquist and, and Neighbors and Torpachenko, that can be a very effective line. And I think an identity line for a group. Uh, you, if Craig desires to, he can put them in after every goal for or against. You know, he can have them start periods. He can have them set a tempo. Now it's up to them to to, to play the way that Craig uh, needs them to play to 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 set our game up. And when I say set our game up, Tom, what I'm talking about is. You know, giving your your 35 to 40 seconds, and then putting the the, the next line in a great spot when they come on the ice. Uh, I thought last year what we did we didn't we didn't play for the next line enough. We didn't we didn't put the guys in great spots to continue to have success. And uh, I think that identity line can do that for us. And I know those three guys can. And then you know, Blazer or or neighbors are going to have an opportunity at different times to play with Hayes or Verano or or Shen and. Uh, so I think we're going to have a ability to to mix and match that that group this year, and I, hopefully that gives Craig's a lot of options. And, and quite honestly, hoping it, it really creates internal competition for more ice time because there are guys coming uh, from behind you that that can steal your ice. And then finally, Doug, and thank you very much for this time. Jordan Bennington, another Stanley Cup champion, he's got to have great play in front of him as well. And that was tough last year to see Perunovic and Scandella not be able to start the season with your team and miss that much time. What is the difference this year on your blue line? Well, I, you know, actually met with one of the coaches this morning and we were just talking uh, about a whole host of things. And I just think there's a, there's a level of commitment from, from, from everyone in our group right now that uh, to, to have a good team, you have to play as a unit of 18. I mean, you, you can't, the forwards have to support the D. The D have to keep a close gap to allow the forwards to back check. You know, we have to give the goaltender the opportunity to see the puck and not have second opportunities. I, I just felt that, that we were somewhat fractured. And, you know, there's, there's amazing things that could happen if you're, if you're a group of one moving forward. Uh, and I think we, we're, we're back at that. So, uh, you know, everybody has hope and everybody, uh, you know, all 32 teams are talking and thinking the way I am right now. Uh, before we've played a game, and now with the, the the teams that have success, we're going to be able to to take the talk and put it into action. I hear that it's such a long season. I mean, things do happen. It is a long, long season, but it starts Thursday at American Airlines Center against the Dallas Stars at seven o'clock, and then Saturday it's a seven o'clock game against Seattle. But the Blues are going to have a pregame rally starting at three at Union Station. You don't even have to have a ticket to the game. Uh, all fans are welcome to that. You'll have blues broadcasters. You'll have the captain, Braden Shen. Uh, there's going to be live music. Should be a lot of fun out there as you make your way into Enterprise Center to see the blues and the Seattle Kraken. Doug, it's great to talk to you again on KMOX. Thank you for this. I always enjoy it. Thank you very much and looking forward to a great season and uh, staying in touch. We will see you. Absolutely. Doug Armstrong, the St. Louis Blues, back after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 